When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I am delighted to be joined by John Paul Mason for what is the Thursday Bulletin. JP, you were at the game last night. What was your overall thoughts on that performance and that victory? I'm really pleased um, just because at this moment in time you don't really know what you're going to get um, at a Celtic home game in terms of, well, the last game, um, Motherwell 1-1. I would have thought that would have been a, th- a three points no brainer, but you just you just don't know, and then you see the team and you're like, oh, okay, it's, it's freshened up a bit. There's Awata's in there and O's in there, Mikey Johnson's in there starting for was it the first time in what thick end of two years? Two years? Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely merited on his second half showing um, uh, against um, against St Johnston. So. I kind of approached it. I approached it with kind of cautious optimism. Obviously, it's the same same uh, time. The games are both being played at the same time, so you know what's happening at Tynecastle. Although they were uh, fifteen minutes behind, uh, no surprise to see. Uh, in, in the same way that uh, Aberdeen are considered fodder for Celtic, I think Hearts yeah. are considered fodder for for them. Um, <laughs> I, I don't believe that. By the way, I don't. I don't think that there's this sort of Aberdeen raise their game or they won't they only play four games a season or five if they get them in the cup. I think that's nonsense. I think the smarter ones of, of their persuasion kind of more look under the bonnet and go, well, why are our team not playing <laughs> as well? Exactly. Why are our team not matching that? So anyway, um, but yeah, no, last night was was good. Get an early goal, um, which everyone thought was Carter Vickers until they announced that O had his second goal of the, after, of the, of the evening and you're like, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get that there was a touch. So, mm-hmm. um, 
it was a it was a touch, but I mean, I, I don't know if they had an argument about it about who was getting the goal. But uh, who would you argue with, CCV or O? Well, I, know, quite, I, quite the argument. <laughs> I as indeed. Um, no, it, it was uh, having been at the Easter Road game where we struggled to lay a glove yeah. on them. Really, it was good to sort of just swat them aside last night, as as we should be doing to. Uh, a team like that, certainly at home anyway. I know Easter Road's always been a bit of a tricky place to go, but um, no, it was good last night to to just get the three points, get a few goals. And without, it was like the Aberdeen game, the 6-0 game, without being absolutely scintillating. I don't think we were, I don't think we were a 10 out of 10 last night. I think we were no. probably more a 7.5. And, and if a 7.5 out of 10 Celtic team scoring four goals and only conceding one, which was an avoidable goal. Um, I've stopped, I've not actually seen. I have seen it back, but there was there's fingers being pointed at uh, various people for the goal, and and I don't know what you think about that, but we can talk about that. Yeah, it always seems to be the way, JP. Avoidable. The goals that we are conceding are very avoidable. Now it's fine if it's a, a consolation and a four-one victory, but it's when you really need the the defence to be tight that you start to get concerned about that. I agree with you. I don't think we were in top gear, nowhere near it, but it was a comfortable victory. And I think what makes it comfortable is the fact that you're getting early goals in both halves. Um, and that, that came, for me, that came down to the tempo. The tempo of play was completely different. Um, we're going to talk quite a bit, I think, about this uh, ruthless nature that we're seeing coming out in Brennan Rodgers, and I like it. I absolutely love it, JP. I think that he has come in to uh, Celtic in a different state of mind. He, he definitely has than first time round. He's come back, he's a wee bit more humble, he knows that he needs to try and build this up because of what happened before, etc. And, you know, even in his pressers and the way he's putting himself across up until now has been a wee bit kind of passive, I felt. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a big part of that as well would be the fact that that transfer window, um, I, was, I was talking to you before we came on online here, I was just uh, looking at the dates, you know, the actual, the, the timeline of events. So we win the Scottish Cup, three days later, Ange's away. Two weeks after that, Brendan's in. One month to the day that Brendan's appointed, we've got our first game, it's in Japan, and it's Ange's homecoming, you know. And he's got a month to prepare his team, completely assess quite a big squad, and deal with the fact that uh, by the time we play Yokohama, Jota's away, Moy's retired, and then Starfelt's transfers in the post. So Rogers would have known that Starfelt was making moves to, to leave the club. So we're losing quality. He's assessing the squad. He's getting to know this new recruit, recruitment team that have been uh, much lauded during the discussions with um, those that appointed them at Celtic. And he's trusting them because he needs bodies in the door. And I think that there's been a process since then to now where he's trusting the process, JP. He's like, OK, you've given me these guys. I'll be playing them because the only one that he hasn't actually played has been Quan. I'll be playing these guys. I'll be assessing them as we go along. And he's come to the conclusion that, wait a minute, we're not in as good a state as I thought we were. And then you're getting the ruthless Brendan coming out firing after the St. Johnson game and telling everybody who would listen that it was the angriest they'd ever been at halftime in the dressing room. And he gets a reaction. Now, he's done it in a different way. He's done it in a way whereby he was like genuinely angry. I go back to the pandemic season, JP, where you started streaming live on Axon regularly back then. And in time, I've come to the point where 
I'm looking at the situation that Neil Lennon was in and I'm thinking it would have been very difficult for him to give players a rollicking because you had this thing hanging over him constantly. These guys are, you know, being very isolated day to day. They're not able to um, integrate with the new signings that are coming, etc. So if someone's not quite on it, Lenny's probably not being natural with them and going through them. Whereas Rogers has done it naturally at the weekend and he got his response last night. And I think he got his response from the first whistle in both halves and that completely changed the, the complexion of the game. That high-tempo approach and the early goals. You get that early goal, they've got to open up and you can really dismantle them then. They were already going to be open up any, opening up anyway because, as Brendan Rodgers said before the game, they're a team that likes to play out mm. from the back. And you could see even in the second half um, that they were sticking to that principle. You know, a la us under, the, under Ange in the early stages where... Yeah. You know, just we will play it out for the back, and, and that was commented on by a couple of folk around about me, just saying, "Oh, well, look, they're actually trying to play football and not just like humping it up the park." I just don't know if they don't if they don't have the personnel yet for that, and maybe if the manager's given time. I mean, Nick Montgomery seems to be a manager of reasonable, uh, reasonable stock, and. We, did we discuss this on this? But where where else was he on the shortlist for? Was he on the shortlist for another another uh, manager's job? Maybe about two or three years ago, there was somebody. I don't know if it was you or somebody else I was speaking to, but Nick Montgomery was on a shortlist for another mm. job. Whether it was in it was Scotland, probably Jared. It was probably Jared on uh, Selts Down Under that that spoke about it. Maybe yeah, yeah. I just I. I I wish I could remember who it was because mm. I can't remember if it was a Scottish job, if it was something like Motherwell or something like that, or or Hearts maybe. But anyway, he, he's obviously leading between the lines between some of the Hibs fans that I know. Obviously, they were disappointed with last night, but I don't think they're ready to to tear it up on him straight away because they look at they obviously look at a game at Celtic Park and being like, well, what, what realistically are we going to? Yeah. How many times have Hibs won at Celtic Park? Not many. They've the odd point here and there, but I mean, he took a point off us at Easter Road. So, in the same way that you can't really, you know, start having a go at Celtic for the six 0 against Atletico Madrid when we've drawn two each with them at home, I don't think really Hibs could have the same thing, have the same uh, argument against their own manager losing four one last night versus a nil nil draw. What? A month ago or a month and a half ago. So mm-hmm. um but yeah, I think obviously you get an early goal in any game it just means that we're not sort of the, the pressure's not getting ramped up and well to get the second as well was 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 obviously a bonus. And then you you really don't see Hibs coming back from that. I mean I I, I couldn't you know, yeah, I, I, when they got their goal, there was a Little bit of a kind of oh surely not surely they're not going to get another one and and come back into this um, because we changed our team by that point and you know Carter Vickers is off Phillips is on there was a couple other changes when they scored by the time they scored the goal as well so mm-hmm. you know what it's like when a team haven't played together that much and that you know the understanding can go in between the. Communication in midfield and and at the back and everything else. So there was just a wee brief thought in my mind that I hope they don't get a second. 
there's that doubt. There's that doubt, JP, mm. because you say the rhythm, you lose that rhythm when you make the changes. And um, <clears throat> I want to talk about some of the changes that were made last night because it goes back to this ruthless side of Brendan Rodgers that, quite frankly, I'm enjoying and I embrace it and I want to see more of that. Um, and his approach, obviously, is such that if you're showing it at training, he's talking about personality at training, and if you show it at training, then you're going to be in his thought process. Mikey Johnson, you brought him up, so we'll start with Mikey. He starts his first game in the best part of two years, for Celtic, that is. And um, I've seen probably mixed reviews online. Um, and then after the game, of course, Brendan comes out, still got the ruthless hat on, and he says he's got to do better. Um, he does, though, he's right. He's he does. Right. He, he absolutely does. I mean, there was a moment... I'm trying to remember who played the pass, actually. It was a phenomenal crossfield pass. It was either Awata or, or Matt O'Reilly, and it, and it drops at the feet of Johnson. His first touch is brilliant, and then he tries to take his man on. Oh, yeah. You know? And it, it, it's always like the end product. And um, he stressed last night, Brendan, he's no young. It's no like, you know, there, there's certain things in a player's game you can iron out, but if you continually make the same mistakes, it can it can keep you at a level that you'll never, ever progress beyond. And I think, you know, all the best to Mikey. I don't think he's going to be the long-term um, answer for Celtic's issues. I still think when everybody's fit, he's way down in the pecking order. He's below Palma and Abada and Maeda. And he's on a level with kind of, uh, James A. Forrest right now. So I, I, he's not a long-term answer. And I think that if there was an opportunity in January, he would probably move him on, if I'm being honest, because by that time, you're going to have some of the other bodies back. JB, but fair play, he, he rewarded him because he's came in for three games on the, on the bounce as a sub, and he's made a positive impact, and he didn't have a bad game last night, no. I don't think, you know, but he is the whipping boy, he is this season's Tony Ralston, um, he's on a very short lease, isn't he? He gets criticised really easily. I think the thing with, with any Celtic player when they go onto the pitch, and they're wearing, well, they're not wearing that jersey because they'll never wear it. <laughs> Unfortunately. I, I, whenever they're wearing that, I, I always just, I'm willing them to do, I'm willing to, them to prove me wrong if I've said anything about them negatively. And I'm yeah. willing to prove the many people that you see online who absolutely slaughter players with, I mean, there's a guy I know, uh, I'm not mentioning his name, but he, he tweeted on uh, Sunday, uh, I think it was at half time. And I'm sure there's a lot of tweets that people probably wish they could retract. Uh, that's why I, I don't do this whole, you know, stream of consciousness tweeting where you're just like, oh, this is what I think right now. I'm going to just put it online and then it's there. Because like, you, look, you look back and go, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe um, I should. There's no filter. The emotion, if you just put something out there with no filter and it's emotional, you'll regret it. I mean, I, I told you about, like, obviously writing on the blog. It's about seven or eight drafts before you press publish. Mm -hmm. Now, that isn't part of the process of using social media these days. It's just like, as soon as the thought enters your mind, it's out there. Mm -hmm. And and loads of people. And by the way, there's then this um, abundance of folk who just, uh, just, you know, they'll die on a hill because they've said that they're not going to go back. That's it. Doesn't yeah. matter. Even if they regret it, they're just going to stick by it, you know? Yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's still a lot of people who perished on a hill uh, regarding Ari, Aaron Moy, <laughs> you know, this, would they would they budge on the fact that they didn't rate him and you know he wasn't good enough and all the rest of it, despite the fact that he played a fairly significant role in uh, about a two or three month period last season where 
he was quite easily the man of the match in many he games. He was firing, absolutely. And, but the, the, the thing with the tweet was about Cal McGregor and just basically saying, you know, I, I think it's a bit timely acknowledge the fact that he's, he's not good enough and all that. I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along those lines. And then Carl McGregor smashes in the equaliser, captain's part and all the rest of it. And then all of a sudden there was a tweet came out, oh, great hit from McGregor. And I'm like, <laughs> literally 20 minutes ago you were slaughtering him and now he's, you know, he, he, he can do no wrong. Or I mean, I know a goal's a goal and it's not encapsulating of a performance, but that drive and that determination to get that goal was coming from him and obviously deserved it. Go great hit, you know, only probably slightly outdone by Matt O'Reilly's world day a few minutes later. But um, I no, what were we talking about there? About um, we start we started off with Mikey Johnson. The perception I mean, once that perceptions in your mind, a lot of people no, refuse right. to change it. That's where I was going because obviously Mikey Johnson just gets annihilated online most of the time and people don't want him anywhere near a Celtic team or a Celtic squad and this, that and the next thing. But I always think that as soon as a player's got a shirt on their back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. They should get full support. and Because the, the players can make you look stupid if you've said something about them. James mm-hmm. Forrest scored a brilliant goal on Sunday. He's been completely... Uh, eviscerated by so many people, so many people that do things like this, you know, and and it's all there to watch back. And you know, James Forrest could score against Rangers on the thirtieth. Mm. Will people just ignore that? Close their eyes to it. It's like a girl that used to sit behind me in the Jock Steen stand when I had my first season ticket. She didn't acknowledge anybody else apart from Henrik Larsson. Hartson was a fat B. Sutton was. Uh, lanky streak of whatever and and there was, there was a game when uh, when Hartson scored against Rangers it was 1-0 I think he brought it down yep. and hit it on the volley and it scudded off the turf and went in it was, it was into our stand and I turned around with my hand over my mouth like that and she was just like aye 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 whatever aye. he's not is, in is she in the comment section today JP I wonder what's, what's her name can you remember oh can't remember. I do remember that she she was fond of a a half bottle of fortified wine uh, every home game because you would hear it clinking by half time, and I always wondered how she got it in. But it's not actually that hard to get a half bottle of wine in Celtic Park. No, um, <clears throat> absolutely not. But you're right, and and the problem is with, with Mikey is um, the fact that he's got this long history of being a nearly man for Celtic. Brendan Rodgers is coming in. And he's been spoken about by Matt O'Reilly, for example, 
about this guy that is he's approachable and and you know the 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 fact that he'll sit and have lunch with him and all this kind of stuff. But this ruthless nature. So on the on the point of Johnston, on the one hand, Johnston's been rewarded JP with the start last night, which he did deserve in my view. On the other hand, Yang didn't just lose his jersey; he was even on the bench, completely yeah. dropped. You know, and I, I'm looking at that now, and I'm thinking, right, something has happened along the way. Be that frustration with because he, he was banging on Brendan about quality, and you know, um, th- there's been a few contradictions, but you know, I, I would argue that away by saying that Brendan Rodgers was not in a position to wash his hands with any of these signs in the summer. He just walked in the building, as I, as I was saying earlier on. He gave his first press conference on the day that Odin Holm was unveiled as a Celtic player. Brendan Rodgers had nothing to do with that signing, you know. But th- there's no way that he can say these aren't my guys because you're not going to get the buy-in from nine players, which is a substantial part of your first-team squad. You're you're not going to get the buy-in from a recruitment team that you then have to work with for the entirety of your time at the, at the football club, and also the board that have just appointed you aren't, aren't going to be too chuffed with you if you come in and say, "Oh, by the way." That brilliant recruitment structure is rubbish. Um, they're just signing players like they did before because that's what we, his frustration was. But Yang dropped like a hot potato. And this ruthlessness, JP, I prefer it to the the, the kind of like um, Brennan Rodgers that we've been seeing since he came back to Celtic Park. I, I really do. What's your, what's your take on it? Diet Brendan, as it's been up <laughs> until now. I know, I know what you mean. I, obviously, Watched the game on Sunday. I didn't make it to the game, but I watched it. And uh, at half time, I, I was concerned. I, I, I didn't see the way the way we were playing. It maybe wasn't as bad as what Rogers thought it was. But then he knows what the players are capable of far better than us because he's seen the training. And if he's seen the training at like a high tempo, and then the game starts, and then it just goes woof and drops, then obviously he's going to be he's going to be angry. But I mean, absolutely. I mean, he only really said what everybody else was was thinking about yeah. the team. It wasn't in, it wasn't as if it was from left field or anything like that. I mean, it was it was refreshing. It was harsh without being, you know, scathing. And the players, when you hear the, the players' reaction to it, like Callum McGregor sort of said, "No one likes being called soft," and we were we were soft for for their goal, um, and just allowed a very average St Johnston team to be winning against Celtic. I mean, it was the only time it was. I don't. I can't remember the stats that the commentator read out, but it was. There's not been many times this season where we've been a goal down. Eleven minutes. Eleven minutes against St Mirren. Is that it? Nice. Well, in the league, obviously, yeah. Kelly beat us, but yeah, in the yeah. league, St Mirren. That was it. Yeah. So, I mean, that in itself was pretty damning on the on the team that we were. Again, one 0 down to a corner that, just like the Motherwell game, it's like one chance, one goal, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're thinking, is that the, is that the sort of the odds now? And as conceding a goal, if the other team gets a corner, they know how to do it. And you can see it last night. People have commented. I've listened to some other podcasts as well where people have commented on what teams are doing uh, at corners to Joe Hart, and they did it last night a couple of times. They didn't do it every time, but they did it a couple of times where they kind of crowd Joe Hart and there's nobody there to protect him. You're putting Greg right. Taylor there to protect him and Greg Taylor is hardly a, you know, a, a giant. Titan. <laughs> so <laughs> he, if he gets if he gets brushed out of the way by somebody, then that that's your immediate 
defence of the keeper's gone and Hart can't really do anything. Matt O'Reilly should have definitely cleared the ball against St Johnston. He, I, I need to see it back, but somebody told me last night that he was held or he was pulled or something at that point. There was a few things, JP, I was looking at that goal because I was very much just annoyed and angered a bit like Rogers and most people. And when Rogers was asked about that, uh, it's someone being impeded, i.e. Matt O'Reilly, he just said, no, 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 we were just too soft at the goal. But the other things that people were talking about, um, I've had a look at them and our uh, resident ref, uh, Sean Connolly from Celtic Down Under, um, cleared up a few things. So the first one was, there was a suggestion of a handball by a St. Johnson player before it gets to the goal scorer, but it's the old player to hand. So you, you've knocked the ball off your own hand, so it's no handball. Mm-hmm. And another one was um, that the guy was offside, but he wasn't because even though uh, Taylor and the St. Johnson goal scorer ended up behind the goal line at one point, uh, this was clarified some time ago that players were using that as a way to stay onside. Remember, they were just going off the park and then running on. So mm. you're still on or offside. And because Taylor was behind the St. Johnson player, he's playing him onside even though he's behind the line. So mm. the, the the final bit of that was, like you say, was Matt O'Reilly impeded? And Rogers was asked the question, he says, no, nah, they were just too soft. So it's one of the ones where every single time there's a goal, you are looking at it to say, right, at what point um, would Celtic be penalised here? <laughs> and, mm. and St. Johnson weren't. But I just, I agree with Rogers. I just think we were really sloppy and soft. And um, of all those three different um, instances or the, the three arguments, I don't think we could really stand up and say definitely there was any kind of um, opportunity for the ref to give us a free kick. Definitely yeah. not. I, I think, going back to Rogers, I think there's a definite bullishness about him, obviously. He's seen off mm. one, uh, one opposition manager so far. Not that that was much of a challenge, though, was it? I mean, I don't think anybody really rates that guy. And be very surprised if he ever ends up in a top job again, um, especially with these kind of... I don't really like the guy's attitude, to be honest. I mean, Clement has not done anything to offend me, but it's a new challenge for Brendan Rodgers. He's been lauded uh, in the press and he's, you know, this top manager and everything else. So this is a, an opportunity for Brendan Rodgers to to sort of flex his, his his managerial muscle and and be like right well I want to set I want to you know set you aside as well but see just going back to the transfer window in the summer I do wonder what would have happened had Ange stayed would all the same players have come in probably because they they've they've obviously all been getting scouted for months they don't just miraculously appear uh, at at the doorstep of uh, Kerrydale Street, just, just with, with you know that they've all, they've all been scouted. They've all maybe Ange's signed them off. Maybe he's he's had input into the signings of guys like Quan and Yang and Thiago. Def- definitely uh, Tilio, definitely Tilio. Yeah, because he, he was talking about that being in the works for ages um, mm-hmm. as a player. No, you're right. And then I, I, you're looking at it; it's still the same level of quality, JP. So. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure would have been frustrated with that as well, particularly when you lose the three first team players, two to transfer, one to retirement, um, and we've not replaced them with, with quality. I'm going to ask you actually how many of the nine do you think come into that category of quality? Because the one that's coming closest so far would be Palmer. Do you think he is a guy that you think, right, he comes into that quality category? Or is he still someone that we need to develop to get to that level? 
I think it's well, just from my very, very novice eyes watching him, I would say definitely he's got room for improvement. I mean, watching him last night, uh, he hasn't he hasn't set the world on fire in every single game. For example, against Hibs in the reverse fixture at Easter Road, he wasn't good at all. Uh, I, I would have given him five out of ten in that game because he didn't do anything to contribute to significant chances. He didn't really get many shots away. And that's what you want from a guy like that. And he's proved that he can do it. So I think... I think, yeah, there's definitely development there. Navrotsky is probably the other one because you spent a lot of money on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, last night, I can't remember at what point in the night, but my friends, a couple of my friends were like, oh, what do you think about the Navrotsky lager Bielka thing? And I was like, what? And they'd, with a bit of heavy lifting, they'd gone from Rogers saying that, they don't, that they're, they're, they're fit and available. And then they were, I think he was asked, well, what does it take for them to get involved? And he went, well, it's about personality. And they've then taken from it, taken from that that he doesn't fancy either of them. And mm. I, I don't know if I would go that far. Um, it may be the case that he doesn't, but uh, I mean, Nat Phillips, obviously, he likes him and he came in last night. I know you wanted to talk about him. <laughs> Guy behind me that was with, with Sean, uh, Sean's pal was you know obliterating Phillips at every opportunity like I can't believe that guy's in 70 grand a week and you know you know it's, it's basically saying he was good in the air but that was all he was good at and I, I don't I, I don't I didn't I wasn't watching it going oh my god he's horrendous this is I mean I've seen a lot of bad centre halves at Celtic in my time uh, as of you <laughs> there's been a there's been a number of them quite a few quite a few I, the thing with me is, with Phillips, I think that, again, there's all these different moving parts, JP, right? Stephen Sloan comes in to make the same point here. Nothing I've seen from that, Phillips, suggests we should be keeping him beyond January. Why, then, is he ahead of our two centre-halves bought for a combined £7.3 million in the summer? And um, are they not good enough? Well, I think that Brendan Rodgers was in a situation there, obviously, he's brought in an emergency scenario. Have we, and it was something raised by Kevin Graham a week or two ago, have we made an agreement with Nat Phillips that under normal circumstances we wouldn't have humoured and that he's got to be in the squad? Because you've got to consider that. You know, there, there are often situations where um, a lone player goes to a club and he's guaranteed game time, JP, or he's guaranteed to be in the squad. And I think because we had our backs to the wall and we were really struggling for centre-halves at that time, we've maybe agreed to something that ordinarily we wouldn't agree to. So you've got that point. You've also got the point that at the beginning of the season, when we were doing the deals for Lagerbelk and and Novroski, um, Liam Scales wasn't really the guy that we now know him as. Liam Scales was a, a bit part player who, had Aberdeen come up with the cash, he would have been away. And and he's come to the fore, and his resurgence probably was, no, probably, was completely unexpected. So there's a couple of elements there. And then, of course, he's looked at Lagerbelk and Navrosky. And, and we don't know how um, you know far back those deals have been in the works. We, don't, we really don't know how long it's taken to get those players over the line. Is he seeing um, as much from them as he is from Scales and, and Phillips? Certainly not. Carter Vickers in training. Well, the answer's clearly no. Um, and he's spoken quite a bit about Phillips' personality and how 
he's a good influence on the training park and all this kind of stuff. Well, you would expect that because of his age, because of the league that he's coming from. Um, people going about his experience, I've already pointed out, he's not played many games actually in his professional career. But Phillips is getting the nods up until January, I would suggest. And at that point, it will be reassessed, JP. Whether or not we'll still have him, I don't think we will. Um, but, it, you know, at that stage, you would look at it and say, right, that's been a very expensive emergency because you, you've, played, you've paid a loan fee. You know, you go back to Shane Duffy, right? The last kind of um, centre-half, big-name centre-half or, or from a big league. It costs us two million quid uh, as a loan fee and we paid 25 grand a week towards his wages. Now, if it was something similar for Nat Phillips, you've got to say, with hindsight, um, it's not been worth it. He's definitely not been worth it. But we were in a situation where we had to make the signing. We absolutely had to make the signing at that point, didn't we? Yeah, I w- well, we definitely did. But I wonder if his, um, the fact that he's, that he's English and the fact that he's, his communication might be better in terms of... Because there's, there's so many different nationalities at the, at the at the club. To have someone who's communicating in English to a bunch of guys whose natural uh, language isn't English, then that might be a factor as well. Because, I mean, obviously it sounds from interviews with Lagerbielka and Navrochki that they both speak English well, but I don't know if that would be considered a factor, the fact that you've got a guy there who... Maybe he's got good power. I don't think that that's worth twenty five grand a week or seventy grand a week or whatever it is he's getting, because um, you don't just have people there. <laughs> to, uh, How's James McCarthy's power? <laughs> <laughs> Must be brilliant. Did you tell me or was it on this show that somebody somebody saw somebody training on their own in a park and they went closer to him and it was it was James McCarthy? Oh, um, no, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. It's how far out he is from proceedings. I mean, actually, I, I do think about the player, JP, the person, in a scenario like that, right? Because I'm not going to say they're a victim because it, obviously the wages involved, et cetera, et cetera, but this is their career. Can you imagine all week in your job doing all the admin, doing all the, the pre- preparation and never getting a gig? I mean, it would be frustrating as hell, wouldn't it? It'd be like me constantly doing my my prep, which I do every single day for the show, but never being able to go on and and actually talk about it. Mm -hmm. It would be frustrating as anything, and it would be demoralising. And that must be hugely demoralising. We were talking about Mikey Johnson not starting a game for Celtic in two years. James McCarthy, when when was the last game he started for Celtic? That was a long time ago now. There'll be loads of people in the comments going, uh, get out the tiny violin for James McCarthy. I'm sure when he looks at his bank account, he'll know... Be uh, be too down downhearted, and that there might be an element of that. But at the same time, he is a Celtic fan. I'm sure he came here with, as Brendan Rodgers has said in an interview. The guy is a Celtic fan, and he's come here with all good intentions, yeah. and things just haven't worked out. But we sat here when he signed and spoke about this signing, and went, "Well, let's see what." what mm-hmm. Knowing his injury record, and we said, "We said, or I said, let's see in a year's time." what his numbers are, what his appearances are. And we're now, what, two years down the line. And the third season, exactly. Third season, and and, and th- there isn't any evidence there to back up the, the signing of, of James McCarthy, which is... There really isn't. But to be banished, I mean, that, that is horrendous. You know, on a human level, that's horrendous. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's not going to do anything for his confidence, for his state of mind. Um, but like you say, we did. And, and like you said earlier on in the show, whatever you say is out there. At the very offset, we looked at it. When you look at the figures, and we're talking minutes now, rather than just a, you know appearances, substitute appearances, appearances, minutes. The equivalent minutes that he played for five seasons prior to coming to Celtic, both with Everton and Crystal Palace, was on average nine full games of football a season for five seasons. Now, I know he had his cruciate ligament damage, etc. And that would have that, that would have contributed to that. But for five seasons, JP, on average, he played the equivalent of nine full games of football. And we signed him and gave him a four-year deal. So alarm bells are ringing straight off the bat. Now, I've not looked at it. Obviously, he's never kicked a ball this season, so I don't know how this affects the average. But in his first two seasons at Celtic, he played the equivalent of an average of six games in the first two seasons. Six games each season. And for the outlay, even though there's no transfer fee, for the outlay of wages, the fact that he's another jersey and an already bloated squad of 32, it doesn't make sense to me. And I think we were in a, a situation with uh, Nat Phillips, not so much Bernardo. You know, you could argue the toss that we had enough midfielders in there. We didn't really need to bring in another. But with Phillips, we had to shell out something. But with hindsight, you're going to look at that and say, you know what, it's not been value for money. James McCarthy's the same. But to be banished... I'm sorry, I'm on the same uh, boss as you when it comes to this, JP. I look at the human level and think, right, okay, so if it's not worked out, let's move you on. You can't stay at the club. Go and play football and, and enjoy your football. You might have one or two seasons left in your legs. It's not here, but go and do it somewhere else because that's not going to be good for anybody, JP. No. It's interesting as well to think back at the signing of James McCarthy. I, I don't recall there being this huge sort of mad excitement and fanfare from everybody that we'd signed them. You know, there was no... I mean, we were signing a, a premiership midfielder who at one point was starring for for Everton and was a regular in the international setup and everything else. And Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Was definitely uh, earning way more than he's earning at Celtic right now at one point. Um, there was another midfielder that came to Scotland in the last couple of years that had a similar background who was lauded. Um, we know how that ended, though. Um I'll, I'll leave it at that. We all, we all know how that ended. He, in his own mind, has uh, revised history, JP. I don't know if you watched the recent interview that he did or snippets no. of it. No. Oh, my word. We're talking about Joey Barton here. The no, man. no, no. We're talking about Aaron Ramsey. Oh, him. All right. Aye. So there's a couple. And No, you're right. But 
Joey Burrow. Well, his, his injury record before he went there was horrendous as well. Like I don't, I, I when when he signed, I was not in any way concerned. I was like, well, no. I, I mean, yeah, okay, he scored against us, big and a defeat, big deal. But I, had, I, I was like, I would be a wee bit concerned about that guy, given his his injury record, and I, I would definitely have kept my 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 powder dry until. He'd done something, and unfortunately, he'll be remembered for something. <laughs> Absolutely. Some, mm-hmm. Someone in the Scottish media said that it was the most sensational signing in Scottish football in the last 20 it was, years. Who was it, it was that said that? It was, Boyd said it was a Gascoigne-esque signing. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> you know what you're going to get from, from him. I thought you were talking about um, the, the bastion of yeah uh, women's football, Joey Barton, who last night I don't know what he was uh, thinking about on Twitter, but obviously he had that that issue that we spoke about earlier, where he had a you know a moment or two, and he put mm-hmm. a few things out on Twitter about women's football, and um, he'll, he'll no regret it because I don't think he's got the brain power to regret it. But yeah, mm-hmm. these people come up to the game, they think they're going to scoosh it, they don't, and they leave. But the issue we've got at the moment is there's, there's non-contributing footballers, uh, JP. And, and, and I think when Brendan Rodgers came in, he already identified the, the size of squad he wants to have. And he actually spoke about having 17 of a core group, which extends to 25 if you've got like fringe players, development players, youth players coming through prospects. We've currently got 32. And we're already talking about bringing in new left-backs, bringing in new strikers. There's going to be business done in January. But whatever business we do, you've got to offset it by getting some of these bodies out the door. I mean, 32, so already the long list uh, already has another seven players on top of that. You're not going to shift them out in one transfer window. No chance. Mm. But it's going to take maybe three or four transfer windows before we get the squad trimmed down to the size Brendan wants that because as well as shifting guys out, he's going to be bringing two or three players in as well, you would expect, in most transfer windows. Including, excuse me, including perhaps a striker in Bojan Mayowski, which... What do you think of that? I'd be into it. I'd, I'd be into it. I've heard enough from from friends. Uh, friend James was always going on about Mayowski, more so than Duke. Um, he's, a, he's an Aberdeen fan. Uh, he scored consistently, he scored in Europe. Um, mm. Somebody last night was saying in the pub, oh, no, I see that as another uh, Nadir Chifchi. And I was like, no, nah. he's several levels above Nad- Nadir Chifchi. I-, I didn't want Nadir Chifchi when we signed him. I was quite adamant about that. I knew, I- I knew it wasn't going to be a successful signing. I don't know how, I'm not Mystic Meg, but I just had this very, very strong feeling that Chifchi would not be a success at Celtic. I also didn't want him for the whole biting part, which I, I dislike uh, Luis Suarez immensely for that, and that seems to be a airbrushed out of his his career history. Um, but the Chifchi thing was I just didn't really didn't really uh, fancy him as a Celtic player. But Miofsky, and then people will obviously they move on to the transfer fee figure and everything else, and Aberdeen are wanting north of four million for him or whatever. Like, oh, we can't be paying four million to Aberdeen for a player. I'm like, wait a minute. No. That so is that like the same we wouldn't pay three and a half million for John McGinn from Hibs because it's Hibs. John McGinn's now just signed a new deal at Aston Villa, um, which you'll probably see him on hundred grand a week or north of a hundred grand a week and he's playing in a 
top four Aston Villa side yeah. under a, under a top coach um, in Unai Emery. I mean, them beating Man City last night, huge result. I, we were in the pub beforehand, and I said, "Look at," I said, "Aston Villa can go above Man City if they they beat them tonight." And the guy I was talking to was like, "No, nah, no chance. They'll, they'll never beat them and all that." I was like, "They're, they're seventy two to win uh, at home," and he was like, ah, "You know how that's going to go." And obviously, there was a part of me going, "Well." Yeah, that he's got a point. I mean, it is Man City, but Aston Villa have been playing well. They beat Spurs at their own ground um, recently. So anyway, back to Mayofsky. Paying four million to Aberdeen or four point five million to Aberdeen for Mayofsky, if that's what they want and that's what the 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 bidding is at, if if it, if it's there's clubs down south or there's clubs in Europe or whatever that are also in the in the in the frame for them. Absolutely. Why? Why wouldn't we? We paid six million for Hartson and Sutton twenty years ago. Why would you mm. not? Like, I, I don't. I don't get this. Oh, we can't be paying that to Aberdeen. I mean, I, I would be happy if Aberdeen got the money that they wanted for a player that's done well for them and that they're going to lose and there's then going to be playing against them in the league. That's how. That's how clubs develop and how. And as long as they use the money that they get and spend it wisely, because there's there's so many clubs that when they do get transfer fees in for for players, whether it's uh, I don't know whether it's whether it's McGinn from Hibs or or uh, Ferguson from Aberdeen, Calvin Ramsey, mm. Aberdeen, as long as they recycle that money and use it well, then I've got no issue with it because it it strengthens the league, um, and that's what we used to do. We, you you can rhyme off countless signings that we've made in the past from other Scottish clubs going way back. Jock Steen would sign players from other oh, other, absolutely. other oh, Scottish absolutely. clubs. Yeah. And it, 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 sh- it shouldn't be something that's sort of the nose is turned up on. I don't, I, I don't really get that attitude because if you've got a player on your own doorstep who's a proven goal scorer in the league, I mean, Rangers fans are absolutely livid that they haven't got Shankland, that they didn't go for Shankland, that they went for these guys like Dessers and Lammers who kind of kick a, a barn door um, and they've got a guy who's banging them in for a, a harsh side that they've now swatted aside three times and they could have had, um, potentially could have had a, a guy in Shankland but there's a lot of them, their supporters as well who turn their nose up at signing players from Scottish teams and they're just like, it's a no-brainer. The Scottish League is the bread and butter I've said it so many times. People go, "Oh, it's only like I, I tweeted about Forest scoring on Sunday, and somebody replied, me, come on now, it's only St Johnston. Uh, we've been terrible today, and everything else.'" I'm like, "That was a really important goal. They nearly equalised, and then we went right up the park and and killed the game. And James Forrest scored the goal. What a finish, by the way! Uh, it was a great finish. But this this idea that um, that you know. Oh, you're only thinking about the Champions League. Champions League, yes, absolutely. We need players for Champions League. I don't dispute that. But Scott McDonald came in and scored uh, at, at Scottish level. And two goals. Yeah, and scored in the Champions League. Yeah. There, there's definitely others that probably aren't coming. Stokesy. Stokesy. I mean, he was a guy, um, <clears throat> JP, and again, I'm not saying that these are the, the people that would take you to another level in Europe. I'm not saying that at all. Scott McDonald pl- scored against AC Milan. Lee Griffiths scored in Europe for Celtic. Lee Griffiths, I know we didn't sign directly from a Scottish club. We signed him from Wolves 
but he spent his entire career other than a, a short spell at Wolves in Scottish football. Against Anderlecht in our last victory in the yeah. Champions League six years ago. Six years ago. I mean, you're talking about Stokesy. Stokesy scored against Celtic the last time Hibs beat us at Parkhead. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Anthony Stokes that scored one of the two goals. But my, I was accused of having snobbery of signing players from the Scottish game because I don't fancy Shankland. Miofsky's mm-hmm. a different kettle of fish. Patrick Shankland, yesterday, Shankland's 29. I wouldn't want us to this say is a thing. This is a thing. And and what I was referring to was in the chairman's message uh, when, when the financial results were released, he basically broke down the two category of players that we signed. And the first category was what has up until now been called the, the project player. This is a player that we can we can buy in, we can develop, and then we can sell them at their op- optimum value. And it's in black and white. Peter Law will say, this is what we do. The other one is the player who can affect the team instantly, who can who can come in and affect the team instantly. So there's two different types of player. And you think, well, which category does Lauren Shanklin drop into? Because he doesn't drop into the guy you're going to develop and then sell when he's at his optimum. Hearts will, will um, you know, for me, they'll they'll be trying to get a big transfer fee for Shankland as well. Of course they will. They're, he's he's their star player. There's no way I'd be shelling out millions of quid for the guy. And and I th- and I'll tell you why, JP. Right, his age profile for a kickoff. There's also been occasions in his career in Scottish football where he's gone to a club and he has looked like a completely different player. He he has had an up and down career. He's earned a move. To, it was Beershot that he earned his move to because he did well at Dundee United. And before you know it, he's back at Hearts. He didn't do it at Aberdeen. He did it at Air United. You know, so it's been up and down. He didn't, he didn't do it at Greenock Morton, as uh, my colleague uh, Dave McGeechan has told me on several occasions, like, we didn't do the business for Greenock Morton. Yeah. So, in his eyes, that means he's a failure in Scottish football. The entire <laughs> career is written off. No, but... He has had an up and down I wouldn't go for uh, Lauren Shanklin. Miofsky, Patrick McGulk doesn't fancy him. I would rather go for Fitzgarden, personally, but I think the fee would be too much for someone who's not going to be guaranteed. However, Fitzgarden falls into that age group that you can develop and sell on at an optimum fee, etc. So it's all about... Miofsky's only 24. He's, he's only, only 24, yeah. I think that's a good age to get somebody and... Put it this way: If Brendan Rodgers is willing to get out, he's. I don't. It, what what were those trainers he was wearing at St. Rocks? Were they Gucci or Prada? They were Louis, Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton, right, right. So if he's got Louis Vuitton trainers, I could only imagine the uh, the the value of his pen. But if he was to bring out his whatever pen he has and sign on the dotted line for Bojan Majowski, then I'm absolutely happy with that because. If it's a Brendan Rodgers signing and he's all in, chips all in, not a terminado uh, statement after it, if he's all in on that signing, then get him in the door in January because you want the you want the manager to get the players that he wants. That's it. That's a hundred percent it. He hasn't had a Scott Sinclair yet. He hasn't had a Dembele yet. He hasn't none of none of those signings. Um, I'd be interested to know actually on the Do you think Phillips? Do you think Phillips was he signing? Probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean given, given, the, given the last minute nature of it, yeah. It, it's not it's not something that's not something that's been in the works. Phillips may have been on a list that the club had, but mm. I think given the Liverpool connection and everything else, he's probably looked about and went, right, who can I ask for a favour here? But see, going back to your timing of the home signing versus Brendan Rogers being announced. 
What was the timing on Dembele getting signed for Celtic when Rodgers came in? I mean, how long had Rodgers been there before Dembele came in the door? Well, I remember mentioning <clears throat> uh, first time round when Rodgers came in and there were signings like, and I mentioned uh, Toure, Dembele and Sinclair. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, JP, I just thought they were Brendan signings. And and probably lazily because he had the knowledge of English football, etc. Uh, but someone corrected me and said that the Dembele deal had been in the works already. And it, it wasn't a, a player identified by Brendan Rodgers. Um, it's one of these things, often you'll never know for sure. You can always just look at it and say, right, did he play the player? Well, Sved wasn't his signing, was he? Um, you know, Comper wasn't his signing. But Dembele, I'm pretty sure Rodgers will try and claim that he was his signing. Um, but I'm not sure 100% if he was. Mm. This time round, Phillips, I'm thinking, I know they, their paths didn't cross at Liverpool, but like you say, there's a Liverpool connection there. He's got the knowledge of the league. Um, he'll be well aware of the player, um, having no doubt you know, played against some of his sides anyway down south. And and I think that if that is the case, and it's and you, you listen to Brennan Rogers and the way that he's standing up for Phillips and what he is bringing to the table, even though it's not in the park, you think he's defending that player because maybe it was him that wanted him in the door. But the circumstances would suggest, even if he was to go back, you wouldn't say, oh, that Phillips has been a flop. He came in for a short period of time and then he, he's, he's gone back. When it comes to the strikers, if reports are to be believed and Rodgers has had someone scouting Miofsky all season and he, and he fancies him and he thinks he's worth £4 million, then you back it. You absolutely back it. And it's not as though he's going to be paraded like a, a marquee signing, JP, because he is coming in as backup during, initially, the Asian Cup. And then he's got to prove to the gaffer, you're going to be my number one. Can he do it? Wait, oh, and Kyogo go in front of him. Who knows? But I tell you, I, I speak to uh, obviously Kevin McCluskey, who watched him with interest when he was at MTK Budapest, mm-hmm. and and Kev admits that when he left and came to Scottish football, he wasn't sure at that stage that he would make it. Um, Kevin can come on and, and discuss this himself, of course, but he wasn't sure that he would be as much of a success as he has been. And if you imagine, he's not played in a particularly good Aberdeen side, yet he's been. For the majority of the time, no, he hasn't. Definitely. I mean, neither did we in so. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Exactly. Yeah. And then you've seen the performance levels, the skills, where he's come into a system that works better for him with players who are of a higher calibre and higher quality. And by the way, Liam Scales will definitely, if, I mean, obviously we are absolutely speculating, there was just a barrage of media reports yesterday that Miofsky was on our radar so this could be complete nonsense and may well be shot down in the next press conference when Brendan Rodgers is asked about it because it would have come out yesterday or was it the day before because the day before yeah. was the press conference so surely to God somebody if, if, the, if the story was out surely somebody at the press conference asked him um, and I don't think they did so he's not commented on it yet so it could be nonsense however with the speculation cap on, William Scales is a, a very good uh, source to tap on 
how Mayovsky is as a person, a player, what he's like in training and all the rest of it, because he's actually been there and done it with him. So okay. if Brendan Rodgers has scouted him and got the, the the watching eye of a scout who only sees what he does on the, on the grass, Liam Scales can say, well, he's this type of person, he's into this, and would they fit in with the, with the squad? Because if he's talking about personality being a key factor, you don't want to bring in somebody that's not got the right personality to to adapt. You don't want to go and spend four million on somebody that's that's going to be out of your out of your plans. So I, I know I think that's a fair a fair thing to consider when you're signing a player. Obviously, I mean he it, it tells us that. No, definitely. It, listen, from the four names that I've seen, um, Miofsky, Fitzgarden, Van Hooydonk, Shankland. I'm I'm not sold on the Van Hooydonk thing because we asked Pierre about it on the 31st of October. And at that point, Celtic had shown no interest whatsoever in Sydney Van Hooydonk at that point. Van Hooydonk uh, obviously was uh, the agent of Nadir Chifty when he signed for Celtic, by the way. Um, so I never really forgave well, him for The that. best thing about Chifty that I ever heard was that story that um, that McGeady told on Open Goal about the time that he bought the he bought like a fancy pair of trainers. or It was down in London. He couldn't believe the money that he was on at Celtic. And he went down to London and bought a pair of... I can't remember. I don't shop in shops like this and I don't buy... Tra- I, when I buy a pair of trainers, I usually buy Nike or Max. But he'd bought these trainers with like these spikes in the front and I can't... They're like rubber spikes. kind of look like the Legion of Doom uh, from the WWF <laughs> thing. I'm visualising it. I, and obviously they're really expensive and he, and he bought them and then he, he was walking around with them and he was like, oh... I can't believe I've spent like, it was like two and a half grand or something he'd spent on these trainers. And then he, I think he got the fear of the fact that he'd spent so much money on them. So he, he took them back and tried to get his money back and they just gave him a credit note. So he had a credit note for this shop and he got he got absolutely slagged in the dressing room, I think, for... That's, for obnox- that's an obnoxious waste of money. Um, but there there you go. I mean, w- when it comes to the, the signings and it comes to Bren Rose's approach, something came to my mind. He signed, um, when you're talking about players and how they react as well to maybe the hairdryer treatment, JP, and and the bit of tough love. I, I think a lot of players need it. Um, Martin O'Neill has spoken about, obviously, uh, Alan Thompson. And Alan Thompson had been a really, you know, highly rated player at Newcastle, bad back injury. He ends up, he, he plays for the first team, but he doesn't really make it at Newcastle. goes to Bolton to get first team experience really makes his name for himself in that brilliant Bolton side that, you know, he played alongside Alan Stubbs and all these guys. John McGinley, you'll remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Andy Walker was part of that team as well. Stevie Fulton for a spell. And uh, he gets the big money move to Villa. I think it was four and a half million pound back then. And then eventually he loses his place. I think it was John Gregory. And O'Neill more or less turns his career around at that stage. But in his first game against Rangers... In the, the season that we talk about, the 6-2 game, we go to Ibrox and Rangers beat us 5-1. I was there. And, uh, uh, was it one each? I think it was one each. I think, did Larson score the equaliser and then they've just absolutely bombarded us? But a, a pivotal moment in the game is Alan Thompson gets sent off in that game. And in the dressing room... For the square up, uh, square goal with Lovenkrantz. Aye. Lovenkrantz went down pretending he'd been headbutted. And man, it happened, really. Mm-hmm. He gets sent off, and after the game in the dressing room, Martin O'Neill called Alan Thompson a coward in front of the entire team. So 
it's going to go two ways, isn't it? It's going to be, right, that player's not going to play for you anymore. Or he's going to go the other way and he's going to prove you wrong. And if you look at the next game against Rangers, it was the game that we win one nothing, and Thompson scored that absolute screamer. Remember mm. that, that that was just a beautiful, beautiful strike. So that's an example of how you have a go at a player and it can go either way. And thankfully, it looks as though it's gone the right way for, for Brennan Rodgers this time round. Now, that, that's one example of many. When you look at what's happened to the players who have been uh, dropped as a result with Mikey Johnson coming in, Yang dropped from the squad. O comes in, Kyogo's dropped. Um, Awata comes in, David uh, Turnbull's dropped and doesn't get any game time. So that this ruthlessness that, that comes through. Two things I want to point out, though, before I go into the comments section again. O, when you look at his minutes, right, he's now played 1,063 minutes for Celtic over last season and this season, scoring 12 goals. No assists, by the way, uh, talking about ruthless. That's a goal every 88 minutes. That's that's a tremendous record. And and this this season, it's 94, every 94 minutes. So he is definitely deserving of, of the jersey. The other thing I was going to say about Palmer when I was asking you what category player is he in, uh, one thing that annoyed me about him last night was he got booked, and it was a stupid booking. He's already served a, a, a ban this season. So I had a look at his career. He's actually played... Um, 136 senior games of football, Louis Palmer, in his career, and he averages either a sending off or a booking every eight games. So that is an issue that he needs to sort out because you need to have your full complement of players. You can't be going into big games, JP, and because well, that was a stupid, stupid booking. We went, we went to Rome and we didn't have him available, and we had to play Yang and Forrest yeah. as a starting as a starting wingers against Lazio in a must-win game. And the reason Palma wasn't there was for dissent against Madrid and over-celebrating a goal that didn't even stand. Which I, I'm still, I give him the benefit of the doubt on that because I still think that's a nonsense. Like that card should be, maybe not rescinded in, in the game, but it should be rescinded afterwards. Like I, I don't understand that. I think that's that's a nonsense. The goal didn't even count, you know. How, how do you dis- disallow a goal? Especially how narrow, like wafer thin, the, the decision was like it barely came off my head as boot and he's offside. <clears throat> but yeah, I think I think you're right though. I mean, you can't you can't uh, lose your discipline because uh, we don't we don't want to be in a situation where we're having to play Yang and Fort. No disrespect to either of the players, but n- neither of them should have started in that game. Like that should have been should have been Palma and Maeda. Um, I would, I would have said uh, in that game, and there's com- two completely different players who are way down the, the pecking order in, instead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I was glad, glad to hear Maeda and uh, Abada are close. And hopefully, they'll be back. Certainly, maybe not the weekend, but hopefully, they'll be in the squad for the Feyenoord game, which is a dead rubber, I know. But we have to, we have to win that game. I don't, we don't have to. It doesn't we don't have to do anything in it, but. Just to get this, I mean, 10 years, no Champions League game, uh, one at home. That, that. And I know that all in all those 10 years we've not been in the Champions League, but we're good enough on our game to beat Feyenoord. We drew with Atletico Madrid at home. We, pro- we definitely should have beat Lazio at home, had yeah. Palmer hosted. Um, and we were just un- very, very unlucky to get absolutely sucker punched at the end. But I don't think this Feyenoord team are... Anything, yeah, there you go. I don't think this fine team or anything to, to be feared at home, regardless of the 
the nature of the fixture and the fact that it doesn't mean anything. I, I think I think we should go into that with our with our tails up. I think and and with a point with a point to prove about this season's Champions League campaign because it's been really really frustrating and the Madrid away game aside. I don't think with the personnel that we lined up with against Lazio away, I wasn't entirely confident. We weren't blown away by them. We took them to the 80th minute and I genuinely thought that we would we would potentially nick it in the last 10, but it wasn't to be. They bring on Immobile and <laughs> he does what he does. Um, but I think I think I, I, I go into the, the final game optimistic. Obviously, we've got Kilmarnock away on Sunday, mm-hmm. which... They got a really good victory last night at Pitodri. Last minute, some goal, by the way. Do you see it? I've not seen the goal. I've oh. seen that it came in late. Yeah, absolutely. Late goals last really, night. Really nice goal. Guy takes it and takes a touch to take the sting out of the pass, and then on the turn, basically, basically, kind of chips it up for himself, and then swivels in the volley. And I don't, I don't think any keeper saving that. To be honest, they, they took it really well. But for it to happen in the ninety second minute. Against a team coached by your former, <laughs> your former manager is a bit of a dullion for them. But um, so I will be hard on, on Sunday. It always is. They've they've beaten us there already. But you know, I I, I would think we'd have enough in the locker to go there and get a. You would hope so. You would hope so. I think back to the game. Remember the game last season where we absolutely obliterated them in the first quarter to the point where Kyogo missed a penalty and laughed about it. Because we were absolutely destroying them, and mm-hmm. I think we were four nothing up after half an hour, JP. And mm-hmm. um, second half was a different story. It, it can go that way, and I think on that particular day as well. Thinking back from memory, Awata played, and um, Awata was was massive for me last night. Uh, we've been talking about him all season, singing his praises. I think what he does is um, he, he offers a, a, a right good bit of protection in front of the the, the two centre halves, but he also. Um, allows McGregor and O'Reilly to roam. He gives them a bit of license to roam. Um, and he's got to keep that jersey, JP, because I think since Hatati has gone out, Bernardo's had uh, game time, and so is home, and so is Turnbull. And all to varying degrees of success, but Awata came in and he looked so assured last night. I think he's got to keep the jersey. Yeah, um, I, I thought I thought it was really... I mean, there's there's been an experiment in that third midfield spot for... Mm the whole season really everybody's had a shot at it but nobody's really put both hands in it and last night I thought Iwata was 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 really good he was he was busy there was elements of Maeda to him at times where he was just always suddenly he was there if a Hibs player in midfield or coming out from the back had the ball and it was passed to him um, Iwata was there to sort of intercept it some people don't Agree with the Awata praise. Uh, <laughs> my mate Chris is uh, is going to be a dad, and he had some conversation with his pal Robbie or our pal Robbie last night. And Robbie was like, "If Awata starts ten games, I don't know if it was ten games in a row or ten just ten games full stop. If Awata starts ten games this season, then Robbie said he would buy Chris uh, a pram for the for the kid." Uh, that's how sure he was there when they happened. So we, uh, the first thing I did when I heard that was just send a link to the most expensive pram I could find online. And I was just like, I think you might be in trouble. And then he came back with help. And then the, a link to a, a GoFundMe. <laughs> 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 so I, I, 
well, based on last night, I think Iwata should sign. Uh, should start another nine games. <laughs> I, I would be shocked if he didn't. But obviously, that would then. I don't know what the the the, the loophole was there. If it was to be ten games consecutively, I think that might be unlikely. But you never know. I mean, he he did play really well last night, and the manager clearly likes him. And you go back to what he did before he came here. He was the most valuable player in Japan. Mm. Uh, he's not this sort of footballing nomad. He's also a bit older. If I think, if I, is he twenty five? Six. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I mean, a guy like him should be starting games at the club, and um, it's just all about the balance, I suppose, and how and how how he plays with Matt O'Reilly and, and McGregor in particular because they're the two people that he has to properly gel with and then if, if he clicks with them then it should click everywhere else but Ralston yeah. did well last night when he came on so did I and and I think there was also another message there was another um, shot fired by Brendan Rodgers and putting him on at left back and that, that shot fired was at Burnaby to say listen mate I'd rather play a right back in your position but, and I think that, going back to the, the tagline, the ruthlessness of Brendan Rodgers right now, I am loving it because it's now, let's just cut through all of this, the fact that we've got 32 players in the squad and, and we really need to start shipping them out. If you're not contributing, go. Get them out on loan, get them out permanently, JP. I'd rather have Tony Ralston playing left-back than Alexandro Bernabe. And, and, you know, that's a fact, and, and Rodgers showed it last night. Um, I've got to thank everybody for getting involved. I know JP and I... Um, we only speak once a week normally, and when we do, we've got to really get stuck right in about the old Celtic chat. Uh, Marquis, we're a team of Hart, AJ, CCV, Skills, GT, Awata, O'Reilly, McGregor, Kyogo, Palma, O, just before showing off. I think it would work. You'd need to obviously, I think, put uh, Kyogo out wide, which he can do. I, I gave a team yesterday, which was a 3 5 2, um, but it, it would mean that you wouldn't be playing with your, your fullbacks. Um, and, and in certain occasions at home, I think you would get away with that. Uh, the Urban Culture, is there any way of having Owen Kugel in the pitch together? O is a must for Kilmarnock. For me, I think O has to play against Kilmarnock. I don't know what uh, Rogers is going to do to get Kugel back in form, but he's going through a wee dry spell at the moment, and I'm sure he'll be managed back by Brendan Rogers. Now, I predict, says Brian McGinty, a 2 nothing win against Feyenoord, and Francis is also saying that there is the financial implication of getting a win in the Champions League. Absolutely. I know, totally. No, I, yeah. I, I wasn't forgetting that. I, I, I do accept that's a huge thing. Uh, and the coefficient and all the rest of it. I mean, it, it may be a dead rubber, but a win in the Champions League surely means, regardless of its nature, whether it's the sixth game or the first game, surely that does help the coefficient. And we were, we're accused of, of obviously uh, bringing that down. Um, I don't know how far it goes down when you get beat off Aris Limassol who are 263rd in the coefficient ranking but um, getting beat off Lazio who are 37th or something like that I don't think that's it's not great but it's not it's not the it's not it's not the embarrassing shame that it could have been would have you believe yeah this Mm. is the thing JP and if we win that game, and I agree with you, I think there's a possibility that we that we could, and I do think we're capable of winning the game against Feyenoord. If we win that game, we end up with double the amount of points in the Champions League this season as we had last season. Which is progress. And, and, and the Celtic board will say, well, you know what, we didn't do that badly in the transfer market, did we? You know, and, and then all of a sudden, they're armed with this argument, that, well, we're doing okay, all right, we got knocked out the League Cup, but 
but and there's always this but so you've you've got to look at it in context as well I think it'd be brilliant to get that monkey off your back get the win in the Champions League get the win at home get the points on the board it galvanises the team that you've got out that night as well I think if you look at the home ties this season JP Atletico Madrid amazing result Lazio dreadfully unlucky final get the win then you've got something to work with and move forward with as well. Listen, I appreciate in the comment section, I haven't been able to bring as many of you in as possible. Uh, but again, we will be back tomorrow at 12.30. So please join us. Thank you all for getting involved as always. If you want to come along to the Axon Christmas night out, it's happening a week on Monday. It's when me I'll be. It's in Gracie's. And uh, I'll be there. Hopefully JP will be there. And many other uh, members of the Axon team will be there as well. If you want to get a ticket, there's a few available. Just click the link underneath the uh, video. And we'll be back tomorrow at 12.30. All that's left for me to say, JP Mason, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Cheers, Paul. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.